What's going on, guys? This is the Dirt Bike Channel Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Brotherson. Thank you for joining me. I have a topic today that I am really, really excited about. Um, we're going to be talking about the 2020 YZ, Yamaha YZ250FX, just my first impressions. Um, whether or not you're listening on uh, YouTube or podcast land out there on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, whatever, um, welcome in. This might be one of those one those episodes that I upload to YouTube, so I am trying to record it on my camera right here, and we'll see how far we can get on that. It's a lot more to put these podcasts out on YouTube and I don't do it most of the time, but I am maybe going to do it now. So uh, whether whether you join me in what location, uh, just thank you for coming on. Today, we're going to be talking about the YZ250FX, and I am super, super excited about this bike. Here, here's the thing, guys. I don't really care. I, ju I just call things like I see it. I don't care what color the bike is. I don't care you know, who makes it. I don't care if it's four-stroke or two-stroke. I'm just trying to have fun on these bikes. And... Generally speaking, I have more fun on the two strokes just with the type of riding that I do. But that isn't always the case. Like, it, it, I'm not just a two stroke guy. It's funny, but like, because I posted some things on social media uh, last week about the YZ250FX, and I had some people saying, like, hey, I, like, a praise coming from a two stroke guy? Like, what's up with that? And it's like, what's up with that? If, it, if the bike is good, I'm going to say it's good. I don't care what color it is. I don't care if it's two-stroke or four-stroke. If I have fun on the bike, I'm going to tell you, and that's, and that's what you get from me. You know, So even like the last year, the Beta 390RR, I had a freaking blast on that bike, and I loved that bike, and it was a four-stroke, and it had amazing front forks, and it did so many really amazing things. Is it the perfect all-around bike for me? No, but it was my favorite four-stroke to date. Here's the problem that that beta has right now. It is being challenged as my favorite four-stroke of all time because this 2020 YZ250FX is freaking good, dude. It is so fun to ride. You know, and, and, so, and some bikes are really good for the technical terrain, um, and some bikes are just better for the open, fast stuff, you know. Um, and so... What I'm trying to do is, as I evolve this thing over time, is I'm trying to like give praise to the bikes for what the manufacturer was trying to do at the time with what they had here and, and review that model. And it may not be the best bike for me. It may not be the best all-around bike for me, uh, but that doesn't mean that it isn't a good bike and it doesn't mean that you won't love it. So I try to like, you know, extol some of the virtues of these bikes um, and then also point out some of the flaws at the same time. But this bike, the YZ250FX, is not a bike that I think is really good in the super gnarly, super technical stuff because it stalls too easily. It's a four-stroke, but we don't, I don't have to talk about that right now. I'll get, I'll get, into, I'll get into that later. Um, and I'm just excited. I'm super excited about this bike. I've got the app, the Yamaha Power Tuner app, which I'll also get into later. I'm pulling up my phone here to see um, how many... Actually, I'll pull up the screenshot I took. How many hours... I've got on the bike. The bike says that I have um, four hours, almost five hours on the bike of total running time. That hour meter thing, though, it kind of runs a little bit longer. So it's saying I've got like 4.49. I think it's four hours and 49 minutes. So almost five hours. I bet you it's closer to like four and a half because that every time you hit the starter, the, um, the Wi-Fi box uh, connects to your phone and it starts counting. And, I, and it, it counts for at least two minutes after the bike is shut off. And so it probably doesn't have quite that much runtime on the motor. So maybe about, you know, somewhere between four and four and a half hours is what I've got on the bike. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
And so here's here's something else that I'm doing. I put the last, I don't know, eight or nine or maybe 10 different bikes, maybe even more than that. I've been putting tubeless on the bikes before I even ride them um, and then putting great tires on the bike that I am extremely comfortable with and know very, very well. And the reason why I do that is it gives me a really good baseline of what the bike is and what the suspension is and what it wants to do because it's something that I'm really, really comfortable with because all these bikes come with different tires and I'm not reviewing the tires when I review the bike. I'll mention what tire comes on it and whether or not I like it or not, but I don't think it's super fair to you know, maybe put a really great tire on a KTM and then just run the you know stock tire on the Beta or, or on the Yamaha because the tires make a huge difference. It's the contact patch with the ground. So just know that right away. The tire that I put on the front was a... Bridgestone M59, which I haven't found a better tire than that. And the tire for the rear was a VE33S Gekota. It's IRC, VE33S Gekota. It's a hybrid gummy tire. It is incredible. Um, I, so it, the, it's the best tire combination I can do. I also love some other tires, but those two tires together, you can't get better than that for the type of riding that I'm doing. You can get some different tires or whatever. You can get even more, a more gummy tire, but you can't get a better all around tire for what I'm doing than that VE33S on the rear. Anyway, so I, this is something that I, I said on social media. I said that this YZ250 FX is not a dirt bike. It's a rocket ship that opens up a portal to a higher dimension. And I think, and it's that, that sounds like hyperbole. Let me, let me tell you exactly what I said on, on that social media post, because it, it kind of got a bunch of traction. I don't think this bike, it's, t- it's too simple for me to just say, Hey, this is a dirt bike. Um, because the thing, the thing that it does for me is it just makes me feel different. It makes me feel different about myself. It makes me feel different about my riding and so it's, it's awesome. What I said, what I said on the social media post, I'm like, Hey, this is not a dirt bike. It's a rocket ship that opens a portal to a higher dimension. The only question is whether or not you have the guts to enter. This is how a high performance, high strung performance dirt bike is supposed to feel. It's not perfect. I've got a couple of legitimate gripes, but I didn't want to get into that. So I didn't even want to get off the bike the first time I rode it. And it was only 34 degrees. I rode it for about an hour and a half. And the forks were amazing right out of the box. I go on to say that this bike was better balanced and gave me more confidence than any bike ever. This is not a review. That's what I said. And I'm saying that right now for this podcast. This is not a review for the bike. I will not review the bike until I've got a lot of hours on it. This is just an initial impression. But what I said is I'm I'm not reviewing the bike right now. I'm just giving my version of a standing ovation for what Yamaha was trying to do and nailed it. And I stand by that. It is a standing ovation for what they were trying to do. So the YZ2, the 2020 YZ250FX is based off of their 2019 motocrosser. In 2019, uh, Yamaha basically redid their entire YZ250F, and and they did some really cool stuff. And in 2020, uh, that came over to the YZ250FX, and it is. It's freaking awesome. It's a rocket ship. And, and for those of you like, oh, well, you know, it's fast for a 250. No, it's fast. It's an awesome bike. Like I ride this bike and I sit there and I think I'm going to offend a lot of people here by saying this, but I sit there and I go, why would you ever want the 450 version of this? I mean, and I haven't ridden the 450 version of this bike. I've had a number of 450s. I've ridden a number of 450s. But my question, there's so much power on this bike that, I mean, unless you were in deep sand all the time, or some desert racer that just is like, you know, when in doubt, throttle out. 
I don't know why you'd want the 450 version of it. And the 450 version may be amazing, but I have not ridden a 450 that I really liked yet. So this bike is it's it's awesome. It the it's it's just so balanced that it's scary good. The forks on this bike, they're KYB forks and they were awesome right out of the box. I set the bike up like, you know, in the like the kind of the standard settings and it's stiff. Like the bike is valved as stiff. It's it's a motor, it's it's a it's a very um stiff bike, stiff chassis that type of thing. It's uh it's a race bred bike and it's it's a little stiff. But I I loosened up my clickers a little bit after 10 minutes. Um, you know, I sped up the rebound, uh, or I sped up the compression a couple of clicks. I spread up my rebound one click on that first ride, and I sped up my low speed uh, compression on the shock by two clicks, I believe. And that was all I did. And the bike was just dynamite, like absolute dynamite. And uh, I don't know, I just I was just loving it. I've got a video that's going to be coming out, I think, tomorrow on YouTube, where it's just a little bit of my first ride. And uh, you can just hear it on my voice. My voice says everything you need to know because the motor is just ripping. It is just like screaming. And the bike just feels so balanced and so just like straight and true. And I'm not doing anything technical. I'm just going out there, you know, getting the feel of the bike. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this sucker is absolutely incredible. And it was really eye-opening because I had just ridden the Beta 300RR the day before in the exact same place, exact same area. I just went out, went out and did some testing. One day I was doing testing on a Wednesday. The next day I was doing testing on a Thursday on two different bikes in the same place. And even though the Beta had recently been revalved and you know complete overhaul of the suspension, I got to be dead honest with you. I was more comfortable on the YZ250FX immediately and the bike just felt better than a completely revalved beta. That isn't a knock on the beta. What that is is praise for this blue bike, this YZ250FX. It is awesome. It's just so fun, and I was having a joy. And here's the thing that I would say. Like the front end, let's talk about the front end and how planted it feels. On some bikes, the front end feels heavy. You know, like there's almost like a 25-pound weight strapped there. I feel like that when I've gotten on Hondas, and I, and I feel like that a little bit on the Beta, uh, that there's like this 25-pound weight that is strapped over my front wheel that is keeping the front wheel down to the ground. Uh, and that's, that's just kind of a weird feeling. On this um, YZ250FX, it feels like it's glued to the ground with an electromagnet. It feels like it is glued to that ground and it's just like, boom, it's just tracking super straight. But as soon as you hit the gas to where you want to like loft the front wheel onto something, it's like the, the electromagnet turns off and the bike is able to just fly and float wherever you want. And then as soon as you like roll the throttle down just a little bit past that little point, that little wheelie power point, then the electromagnet comes back on and boom, the front tire is stuck to the ground again. That's the best way that I have figured out uh, in the last little bit to describe this because it's just, it's just pretty dang cool. Um, KY, yeah, Yamaha has been doing KYB stuff for a long time, and they've, they've got it figured out. You know, <laughs> uh, Beta didn't have it figured out on their first version of the KYB there, uh, but Yamaha has it figured out, and that <laughs> front fork is super cool. It is super fun. Uh, to ride that bike. But there's something also with the balance of the bike, the way that the shock and the frame and the chassis and everything works together where it just gives you confidence, like supreme confidence. You know, so I, I loved it. 
I love that initially just getting on the bike and feeling that just getting super comfortable with it, super comfortable with it super soon is just pretty fun. Overall, and, and then <clears throat> then this last week, I rode the bike yesterday. We took it down to uh, St. George area in southern Utah. I, we did a thir- the first day we rode the Beta, and then yesterday I got to ride the Yamaha a lot. I rode it a lot. I've got, you know, over four, <clears throat> over four engine hours on that bike. Four and a half, maybe closer to five. It's probably four and a half-ish. Um, and it is so fun to ride in the whoops and the wide open stuff and the faster stuff and the turns that bike is just dynamite. It stays flatter than the KTMs and the whoops. And I know that because we had two KTMs there that I was able to, I rode in the last two days, I rode five or six different dirt bikes. I rode three of my bikes, both of Tyler's bikes, a 250 XC, a 2020, a, a two, a 300 XCW. I rode a 2017 KTM 300 XC. I rode the beta 300. I rode my 2019, uh, what was it? 2019 300 XCW TPI. So I rode a bunch of bikes and the Yamaha and the Yamaha just tracks straight in the whoops. It, it's like the chassis stays flatter and stays more level in the whoops than the KTM. It's awesome. It's just, it's feels so good. Is it perfect? No, but it feels so awesome and so amazing. And I'll get to the I'll get to the de- the negative stuff later. I just wanted to hit the positive thing so far. Um, it's just it's super super cool. Um, we go. I've got to make a note here so I don't forget about it. Uh, back down later in the thing. But I just loved I just love the way the chassis handles. It feels so planted. It, it's 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 like it's hard to unsettle that bike, you know, which is just. You got to go ride one. You got to go ride one. You know, is it, is it the plushest thing to go through, you know, super nasty technical things? No, it's not the most plush thing ever. It, the other bikes felt more plush. Actually, it felt, the YZ felt more plush than the Beta, even though the Beta has got completely revalved suspension. That Beta is just harsh all the way around. It is just, I've still got to do some work on it. Um, but this thing, I feel like this is how dirt bikes are supposed to feel, especially like a high performance um, you know, suspended bike, it's, it's high strung, it's high performance. This is how I think it's supposed to feel, you know, just super confident, super balanced. I don't know. And, and the funny thing is, even though we just met like me and the YZ 250 FX, it gave me the impression on my first ride. And I don't know if this, if this thought will get out on YouTube or not, maybe it will. I can't remember if I am going to upload that, but one of the times I was, uh, riding it in that first time or so, I just had this thought come to me that the bike, it's like the, the feeling that it gives me is we, excuse me, we just met, but it feels like we've known each other for a lifetime. And that is, that is one of the highest compliments that I can give to a dirt bike. It gave me instant confidence and it makes me feel like a better rider, makes me feel like I can corner better makes me feel like I can get better traction. And some of that has to do with the 250 motor. These 254 strokes are just, they're so fun because you can just, boom, give a fistful of throttle out of the corner. You don't get a ton of wheel spin. You just go forward fast. And it is just incredible. you know. And the power was amazing. Like it can rev to the moon. It makes a ton of power. The funny thing is I don't think it makes the most power of the 2020 254 strokes when you see them on dinos or whatever, but just some of the way that the power is delivered, you're going up these hill climbs. We did some nasty hill climbs yesterday where you don't have a lot of run up and you're just, you just click them into second gear and you just roll on that throttle and the bike just powers. It just has this 
grunt this torque and it just and it guts up the hill and it just starts going and it feels like a bigger motor it's super light and super nimble so it doesn't feel like you got a heavy bike the bike is 245 pounds which is you know average ish um, but it doesn't feel like a heavy lumbering four stroke it felt amazing and the power is just like boom it's on tap and you've got You've got uh, a couple different maps. So stock, they come, if you download the Yamaha Power Tuner app, it comes with four different maps. Two of them are hot maps and two of them are, um, let me pull it up. Two of them are soft maps and two of them are hard maps. What are the names of them? So you get uh, the, the two hot maps are the MX Power Feeling and the High Revving map. And then you get a Mild Power map, which is a lower one, and a Torquey map. Those two lower maps are kind of weird because it almost it changes it changes enough on the bike and then you've got to switch up on the up on the handlebar when the switch turns light blue and it's lit up that means you're on map two um, and you can change your maps you can put in custom maps like I have here on the phone I don't know if you guys can see that online anyway you can you can put new maps in there just like hey hit a new map and then start out with the base map and then just adjust there the fuel and, and the and the different things you can adjust that um but the two power maps it feels like they will only let you push these maps down to the bike when the bike is off uh, that's what i've noticed and but these if you stay on the mx power map and then you drop down to say the mild power map the whole feel of the bike changes it's like the bike when you go down to the softer map, it's it almost feels like the power get, or I mean, the rear slot, the rear shot gets sluggish. It's so weird because I know it's not changing the suspension at all. But when you change the power characteristics on the handlebar switch to that, you know, one of those milder maps, the whole bike is transformed. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel as light. It doesn't feel as jumpy and playful and rocket ship like. It just feels kind of sluggish, even on the suspension. It's really hard to. It's really hard to explain, but then when you switch back to one of the power maps, the bike feels light and agile and it starts to pop off things and jump off things and just shoot forward. And it's so cool. Like, I, I don't know when I would ever use those softer maps. I was thinking like, maybe if you get super tired at the end of the day, but this bike isn't a bike that has so much power that it's going to wear you out. So I don't really know when you'd use one of those softer maps. So what I ended up doing is, is uh, looking around, everyone was talking about this Travis Preston map. I looked at it. I looked at it online. I created a new map for myself that was all flat with all the numbers. And then I just basically looked up the images and copied the, you know, the fuel injection numbers, pluses and minuses, and the ignition pluses and minuses or whatever. And I basically just created my own quote, Travis Preston map. He's one of these dirt bike tuner tester guys. Um, and I put that on there and then I, I put that into map two. And so towards the end of yesterday, I was toggling between the MX power feeling map the high revving map and this Travis Preston map and just trying to see, and they're all very similar. Um, but I don't know why I would ever want the mild power map or even the torquey map because it just makes the bike feel weird. It makes the rear end feel weird and sluggish. And I'd rather have the bike feel light and peppy and playful and agile. And so I, I prefer the power maps a lot, but it is cool that you can kind of do that and play around and lean out the bike or enrich in the bike. They don't give you a ton of finite controls, but I think there's more controls in there than when you're tuning a carburetor. Um, so that's cool. And you can do it from your smartphone. And the other thing is the, the smartphone app has never crashed on me. So supposedly this is like the Athena get technology, but the app is better. It connects to your, like your, your phone connects to the bike just like 
lights out immediately and it stays connected for about two minutes after it's off. So you push these maps to off of your phone down to the ECU um, and then you start the bike back up and then you can go and toggle between the, the two maps that you've programmed into the ECU and it's super easy to use. That is awesome. All the bikes should come like this so we can tune them with our smartphone. Like this is something that Yamaha is doing and it's amazing and everyone should be doing that. So um, other good things, uh, second gear has tons of torque, uh, for the, for the mildly technical stuff. You can keep up your momentum. Um, first gear, I'll get to that in just a minute because I don't like first gear, but second gear has tons of torque. Uh, and then third gear is money. If you can get to third gear on this bike, that's where it's your happy place. Oh my goodness. Third gear is fun. There's enough power on the bike. And if you're in third gear and you're going down the trail, you are having fun. Like you get this bike between third gear, third gear and fourth gear. And oh my goodness, it is a joy. I will just say second gear has got tons of torque for some of the mildly technical slower stuff, but not slow, slow stuff because you can keep the, you can keep the RPMs low and you can get, get a lot of forward momentum. So that's what I like about third, second gear. Third gear is just money. You get into third gear and an instant smile comes across your face because the bike is tracking straight. It's still light. It still allows you to put the front wheel wherever you want. And your entire body turns on fire in third gear. It ignites into fire. I don't know how else to explain it. I don't even want to try. I just third gear is money. Third gear is fire. The suspension, just kind of going back to that, it's a little stiff for the hard rocks, the super sharp edges. It, it absorbs it, but it doesn't absorb it as much as like a, like a KTM XCW or even a KTM 250XC. It's not as plush. Like this bike is not as plush as any of the KTMs. Um, but it, it, it's not bad in that stuff, and it can be made softer than it is right now. And I'm going to play around with that. I played with it a little bit yesterday. I, I adjusted my my high speed compression on the rear shock about a quarter turn faster to see. And I, I just, every time I play with the bike, I like it a little bit more. So those are, those are my initial impressions. The good thing here are my initial impressions when we're talking about the bad. Um, I didn't notice this, uh, spring. So the kickstand, I didn't notice this when I had my YZ two, the last couple YZ two, cause I had a two fifty FX back in 2016. I think I did. And I had the YZ250X, and I didn't notice this problem, but on the kickstand, the boots, especially my CD boots, my CD boots gets hooked under the spring on the kickstand, and I can't move. It's scary. I get locked into it. So after my first ride, I came home, and I ordered a Fastway kickstand for it that it has an internal spring. It's like it's pretty expensive. I bought it for like 160 170 bucks. And then I got it and it came right before my riding trip and I realized I couldn't put it on because in order for me to use that uh, kickstand, I need the 2020 YZ250 uh, foot peg um, like holder, like the, the foot peg bolts, the foot peg holder bolts to the frame. And with the FX, it's the foot peg holder and the kickstand all kind of in one. And uh, so my boot is, is catching and getting caught there in the kickstand spring, super scary. Uh, and I go to order an aftermarket kickstar or kickstand, and then I realize I need the YZ um, foot peg 
uh, holder, whatever you call that foot peg adapter thing. So I'm going to buy that as well, which is like 20 more bucks. I'll get that. And then I'll be able to put this fast way kickstand on the bike. So I don't get locked in. The other thing that I did is I just wore one of my other pairs of riding boots and then it wasn't as a big, as big of a deal. So I rode with yesterday when I rode the YZ, I didn't ride my CD boots. I wore some older boots, my Garnet SG tens, which don't have quite as much support. And I kind of paid for it a little bit, which I'll get to later. Um, but they didn't get hooked in. And so you might want to watch that. Uh, Tyler rode the bike yesterday and, and he's wearing some Fox instinct boots. And I forgot to ask him if he got caught on the kickstand, but he didn't, he didn't say anything about it. So maybe he didn't. So maybe it's just like the CD, um, crossfire SRS three boots that get caught in there, but that was scary and that kind of sucked. So I had to, you know, get a different kickstand and it's still not all the way done. Other bad things. First gear is too low. Like, so they gave this bike, I am pretty sure they gave this bike the WR uh, transmission and first gear is too low. First gear is basically unusable. You climb through, you're so high in the RPMs by the time you get any speed at all, even in the technical stuff, like, cause we, I did take the bike in some technical stuff where it wasn't great, but first gear is just too freaking low. It needs to have a little bit higher first gear. And then second gear is borderline too low. But the only reason it works in second gear on that bike is because the bike can rev to the moon like 12,000 RPMs and still be making power. And so second gear, it works okay in second gear, but first gear is just too dang low. I don't like these wide ratio transmissions. Now, the one thing is the the gap between second and third gear is actually is pretty fine. I just don't like first gear. It's too dang low on the bike. It's unusable. So I wish they wouldn't have done the WR transmission. I wish they would have, I wish they would do um, something more like a KTM XC style transmission where it's this little bit higher first gear than like the XCW. Um, and then give you an even spacing throughout the, the gear ranges. Um, other than that, it was, it was fine. I don't even think I've had the bike in, in top gear yet. Um, but first gear is too low. So I don't like that at all. Um, another thing that, uh, is, is a little bit, uh, tricky is it will stall very quick in the really tight and the super technical stuff. It just stalls. It's a four stroke. So, I mean, I know that this happens. Um, it's not going to be a great, super gnarly, uh, technical bike. They do allow you to get fans for them, but the fans, it, it's like pre-wired and stuff, excuse me for the fan, but that fans like on back order from Yamaha. And so I don't know if I will even be able to get one because, a bunch of people want them and they can't get them. The fan would certainly help in the technical stuff, but the stalling thing is just one of those deals. Like you would, if you wanted to ride this bike in a lot of super nasty technical stuff, you might have to put a recluse auto clutch on it. And I don't want to do that at all. So I just won't take it in a lot of super technical stuff. I had to jump off the bike yesterday and I hyperextended my ankle. So what happened is we're kind of down there in this area where it's a lot of up, down, up, down, and a lot of like holes in these washes and different things that you're kind of doing. And I, I just been riding, you know, the beta 300 the day before, which has, you know, torque and lugability for days. And I jump on the 250 FX the next morning. And I'm just, I was covering the clutch, but not enough, you know, and it was like my front tire kind of dipped down into this little thing and it, and I'm on a side hill and boom, 
bike just flames out immediately, which is my fault. I need to be covering the clutch more. But when you're riding five different bikes in or six different bikes in two days, it's hard to get used to everything like right off the bat. And so I stalled it and then boom, the bike is now falling downhill into a hole area. And I jump, I'm trying to jump over the bike to make sure that I don't, cause I look and I see that like, I gotta, I gotta get my feet under me. I had been upside down on the beta the day before twice, like, and it was not good. And I didn't want to be upside down with the bike coming down on top of me. So I jump off the bike and I'm trying to get my feet down below me. And I look and there's this massive rock that's like two feet wide by three feet tall. And I'm trying to miss it and I can't. And so I hyperextend my ankle with those boots on. And the point is, I can't really blame that on the bike because I was the one that stalled it. But it will stall quicker in the te- in the technical stuff, and you've just really got to be covering the clutch if it gets slow. Like cover the clutch, be like pulling in the clutch, which I got better at through the day. Uh, but it's it's not the greatest thing in the technical stuff. That bike, I also stalled it a number of times just trying to do uh, pivot turns. You know, so you get used to a two fifty two stroke or a three hundred two stroke pivot turn, or even a two hundred two stroke pivot turn. This two fifty FX will do pivot turns for days. It's good. But you've got to like just adjust your style, and it's so much easier to stall a bike. Now that we've talked about stalling the bike, <laughs> let's talk about starting. Starting the bike sucks. I mean, if when it's cold or whatever, yeah, you go start the bike, and boom, it'll fire right up, as long as it's in neutral. It will not start in gear. If the bike is cold, do not try to start it in gear, because it just won't. It just, it just doesn't. And I may have to put a better battery in it, which I think I have a better battery coming because this battery doesn't leave a, like the like the battery is just it's not giving me a ton of calm, a uh, ton of confidence that it'll be able to start the bike. Um, and once it does get hot, then it is sometimes even worse to start. Now, I feel like on the second ride, it, it started to get better because after my first ride, I was like, you know what? If the bike, the one thing you're going to do is you're going to find out how to hit. You're going to be good at getting to neutral, which it's hard to get to neutral on this bike. It's it's hard to get it find in between first and second. But I'm like, well, you've got to get it because it won't start when it's in gear. The first ride, it was it was like a 50-50 whether or not I was going to be able to get it to start in gear. By the second ride, it felt like it was starting better, but you cannot be opening the throttle at all. I feel like if your hand is even on the throttle, it won't start. So what I started doing on YouTube, you guys can see it. I'll just like roll my hand up and then hit my thumb on the starter. So I've rolled my hand completely off the off the throttle completely. And then I hit that starter button with my thumb and then it would go. And if I had that clutch crammed all the way in my hand off the throttle completely and then hit the starter button it on the second day, it started to start a little bit better. So I've heard that the ECU might need to be updated and that the dealers can do this. And there's a possible like service bulletin coming out on the bike. I've got people reaching out to me telling me that. And so I may send the ECU off to get like the carbon monoxide level or the carbon dioxide. I don't know what they're doing, but they're, they're adjusting something to make the bike start a little better. So the starting sucks. You might want to look into that. You might want to look into seeing if your ECU needs to be updated to make it start better. So, you know, all the people that are like, oh, these, all these bike manufacturers should have this bike perfect from the factory. They all have updates that they can do onto them. 
So starting sucks, but it might be getting a little bit better and you just, you get a little bit better at it. But when in doubt, get the sucker into neutral. If you're coming up to a stop with your buddies, just put the thing fine neutral while you're sitting there chatting with them. And then when everyone goes, you won't be sitting there cranking the bike for five to 10 seconds and be way behind everyone. Uh, the brakes are actually not too bad. It's got Nissan brakes, but they're just not as good as a Brembo brake. I mean, it, it wasn't a huge downer, but it's just not quite as good. I think they worked pretty well, uh, but they're not quite as good as like a Brembo brake. And then we talked about the battery. I don't have a ton of confidence that that battery is going to be able to start me um, all day long. There was a couple times like in the middle of the ride, it was like, you know, you'd hit the starter and like, and it would stop because there's so much compression on this bike that, you know, there was a couple times I'm like, wait, is it going to start? And it did, but I think I might get a different battery. I'm pretty sure this is a lead acid battery in the bike. I need to tear into it and see, but I'm pretty sure it's a lead acid battery. And I think I'm going to replace it for like an anti-gravity battery, anti-gravity battery um, with possibly the one that has the restart um, technology in it. So those are my thoughts on the bike. I absolutely, absolutely love it so far. It might end up being my favorite four-stroke of all time. It might dethrone the Beta 390 as my favorite bike, favorite four-stroke of all time. Um, have a ton of fun on it. Is it versatile enough for me to do all of my riding with? No, it's not. But that's okay. This bike, it's a, it's a four-stroke, and some of the stuff that we get into is just not conducive to four-strokes. That's all I will say. A lot of that stuff never makes it onto YouTube, but you just know, like... Nobody's doing hard enduro stuff on, or I should say soft enduro stuff on four strokes. Very few are because it's just too much work. They get too hot. They stall too easily, all these things. So is it good enough uh, to be my replacement bike for like everything and have this be the only bike? If this was my only bike, I'd have to adjust my riding style. I'd have to do some of the riding places that we go to. I would just have to not go to them. But you know what? I would adjust and I would have a freaking blast on this bike because it is so fun in so many areas and there's so much that's done right with this bike and the forks are incredible, the shock is amazing, the chassis is so cool, it is just an absolute blast. That motor is awesome. I want to ride it. I want to ride it more. That bike, that bike makes me want to ride more. Like I cannot tell you how excited that makes me. I didn't say, I haven't said that about some of the bikes that I've done recently. You know what I'm talking about. But this Yamaha makes me want to ride. It makes me think about the next ride and be like, when's the next time I'm going to go out on it? I'm thinking about that, guys. And that means that it's good. It is freaking good. And I can't wait to ride it again. Those are my initial thoughts. This is not a full review. I won't do a full review until I've got a lot more time on it, a lot more hours on it. I'll do a full review later on YouTube, maybe podcast land, but these are my initial thoughts after about four, four and a half hours. Super impressed. I also love the app because you can put like race notes in there. It's keeping track of your maintenance logs. The app is pretty cool. The Yamaha Hour, the Yamaha Power Tour app, Power Tuner app is pretty cool. I'm excited about this bike. Okay, everybody, you know what to do. Leave a single track. Thanks guys.